I opened the wardrobe doors and I looked at what I had in there and it was completely uninspiring. I pulled out a shirt. Oh, blah. I pulled out some pants. Even more blah. And each option just seemed a little worse and a little shabbier than the previous option. I still had to get dressed for the day because I was going to a networking event. Oh, well, never mind. We'll just grab anything, throw it on. Definitely let's not look in the mirror. And so what happens? I end up sitting next to this beautiful, heartful woman. Hi, how are you going? I'm Anne-Marie. I'm a therapist. And she says, I'm Stephanie. I'm a personal stylist. Sometimes you can meet people when you're out and about. And when you know you don't have your mascara on properly or you're a little bit too overweight at the moment, um, some people can actually be quite intimidating. Fortunately, this beautiful, heartful woman is completely non-threatening. And we had the most glorious conversation. And it was all about style and self-care and some of these transitions we go through as people is that are we presenting ourselves in the way that truly represents who we are to the world. And so because of that, we have Stephanie today here as a guest on the show. And I was so glad to have her here because I need all the advice I can get. <laughs> I'm Anne-Marie, the Soulful Therapist. There are natural, gentle ways to heal, discover yourself and find meaning in the world. Let me introduce you to them. I'm a psychotherapist, past life therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, master knitter, Reiki master, teacher, author, and seer. I specialize in trauma, helping young people, and spiritual development. Shall we begin? So welcome, Stephanie. I am so pleased to have met you. I must have met you at the moment I was at my lowest point of personal styling. <laughs> and it was just such a lovely, we had this instant connection, which I really loved. And the way that you look at clothes and the way that you um, approach your work was so completely non-threatening that I went, hey, gee, maybe this is not an insurmountable problem for me. So I wanted to really, I don't know too much about how you began uh, with this career in personal styling. And I want to know a little bit more about how it all started. Beautiful. Thanks, Anne-Marie. It was actually really lovely to meet you that day. Um, working within the retail, the fashion retail industry and working with women in change rooms, that was my favourite part of my job. I hated selling and I never liked to have to meet budgets and targets. I was more about, always more about being in the change room showing people options, trying on clothes that actually suited them and looked amazing on them, and just watching their faces light up. Um, that was, it's, it still is the biggest thrill for me, just to see somebody transform from somebody who's not feeling very confident about themselves and their style, and just stepping up and um, embracing themselves, really. So that's really a private thing. Like I don't think there's anything more private. Well, actually, there is. 
anything more private than actually helping somebody in the change rooms because at that point it's like, oh, we can see all the wobbly bits and, you know, so that's that's really, really private. But you sort of extend that work into, you told me about um, sitting in people's bedrooms and and, and just opening the wardrobe doors. That was the moment of terror for me in talking to you. So Mm. what's that like for your clients, you being in that private space with them? Um, usually I sit with them first and we'll have a coffee, cup of tea, something, anything just to sort of get their minds off of what's about to happen. Terror. It, it can be. <laughs> it can be really intimidating because they're inviting me into their home to start with, which is a little bit intimidating. And then knowing that they're going to be taking me up and opening their wardrobe and showing me <laughs> their world, it's, it can be intimidating. So um, I like to chat with people first make sure they sort of understand that I'm not there to interrogate them or to judge them and then off we go. Yeah. So, yeah. So what sort of a difference does – because you talk about mm. personal styling and I'm automatically deciding, hey, maybe I could be Kim Kardashian, you know. Um, You know, there's something about like, oh, yes, talk to my personal stylist about that one. Um, But there is a that Mm. difference. What is that difference? You talked about people's eyes lighting up. That's yeah. that's part of it. So that signals to me there's some sort of inner change going on. But what do you see? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's not, yeah, a lot of people seem to think of a stylist as somebody who works with A-listers and is there purely for looks. To me, personal style is exactly that. It's very, very personal. And it's more about people stepping into who they really are and dressing to present their style personality and show the world that this is who they are. Usually their eyes light up and their skin glows when they're wearing the colours that actually suit them. Okay. And when you learn to dress for your body shape instead of trying to dress um, dress with trends or dress as somebody else who you're really not, that's when you're not comfortable. So therefore your face shows that as well. And we don't yeah. have a lot of education in and around that. So my mother was... Um, a re- quite a good dressmaker so she's always like trying things on and going oh does this suit my body shape now at my age or does this not Mm. but she knew how to do it because of being a dressmaker but I don't think we get taught that sort of thing anymore are there some key points there that are worthwhile sharing working with the stylist I always look at people's body shapes showing them how they can actually put together pieces which flatter the figure instead of trying to squeeze into things and hide themselves as well that's another thing quite common people who have curves they usually like to wear things that are big and floaty and then really they're just creating a totally different shape again and they're hiding away and usually it actually creates bulk and it can make them look a lot larger than what they really are so so there sounds like there's a lot of art to it in that and I'm not an artist but Mm. I can hear you talking about shapes and how with Mm. clothes you can create different shapes and then a minute ago you were talking about colour as well. Yes. So how did you tune yourself into all that stuff? Um, well, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors involved with styling and it's something that I've just always had a natural eye for, which I, for a very long time, assumed everybody was the same, which really shocked me when I found out that that wasn't true, um, which obviously has led me to continue on with what I'm doing because I realise that that is my gift. That's what just comes naturally to me. 
and then of course going on to study further to actually really understand different body shapes and how to actually work with them even yeah. more so it's yeah. been really really fun and so that was one, one of the things mm. that you know you can take your girlfriend shopping or your daughter or your mother or your cousin yeah um and sometimes they'll even give some pretty good advice but this is different to that so what what do yes. they get it, you know if you if you go out shopping with me what would we be doing we would be looking at pieces which work best for you so i work with your personality first of all so i would choose stores that i know would cater to your taste and things that you like so i'd go for something if you were creative i'd go for something really colorful and fun if you were a bit more corporate we'd look down the corporate line and so Generally, I go in and do a little bit of a pre-shop before you even meet up with me. Okay. So I will go in, save us a lot of time and put outfits together, have them tucked away in the stores so when we come through together to go shopping, I can just pull them out and we can just get straight into it. Mm. So you have to be fairly good about gauging what somebody's personality is when you actually first meet them. So there's a bit of psychology there. There is. There is. I think that's also just another natural ability. I actually like to listen to people, um, not as much of a talker, so uh, <laughs> so this is a bit different for me. Um, yeah, I love to listen to people and listen to their stories. I observe them, what they're wearing. Lifestyle is always a big part of who they are, well, how they dress as well. So there's a lot of factors involved and I guess in our initial meeting we always sort of I always get a really good picture, a really good story of each person yep. before I can go shopping with them. Okay. So mm. there's that getting to know you phase. Yes. Um and if you go look in the wardrobe you have the cup of tea calm down beforehand. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now give yeah. this is the the shame in the wardrobe. Let's come back to that uh, terrifying wardrobe. So if you had been there that moment (laughs) with me (laughs) while I was dressing for that networking meeting, what is it that when you go into somebody's wardrobe and you sort of open the doors, take us through what happens next? I guess when you're coming into a wardrobe for the first time, you have totally fresh eyes. So you can see things totally differently to the person who owns the wardrobe to begin with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, quite often they just see clutter, which is very confusing to a lot of people. And so the first thing we usually do is pull everything out just to make an even bigger mess. <laughs> but doing that is one of the most vital steps because then you can actually see clearly what you have. So we'll pull everything to pieces and get rid of the pieces that actually just do not work for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Hold on to the pieces that do and then one of my favourite things in the world to do is creating new outfits. So I'll do big mix and match plays and just create a whole stack of new outfits from within your wardrobe. And quite often people are quite amazed and they go, I didn't think of putting that with that and that's usually where it starts. So it's really breaking people out of those preconceived ideas that they've actually got. Um, and not necessarily spending a lot of money on extra things to begin with, just working out what you've actually got. Absolutely. Sustainability is one of my big things as well. So generally, the less that you have to buy, the better. Mm -hmm. 
And then if we do identify some gaps in your wardrobe, something that um, an area where you could bring in some new shirts or just a few pieces to freshen up what you already have, that's when we'll write a little shopping list and we'll get that ready and that's my next step then will be to go out and find those pieces and then we go play in the shops and try them on. Mm, sounds incredibly sensible. It sounds it like is. a lot of fun as well. Yeah. And this is not frivolous stuff either. I mean, you know, we look at for some of the young people particularly, body image is huge and it's one of the biggest stresses. So do you see that? Do the people that um, use your services, do you see a lot of body image issues or anxiety beyond the whole terror of just opening the wardrobe in the mm. first place? Yeah, a lot. An awful lot. Um, I do do teen styling, so it's a specialised service for teenagers. I don't generally go into their wardrobes, but we do meet up for shopping. That's after probably a... safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I do have teenagers myself, so I totally understand the teenage wardrobe situation. And I also see um, the whole part that social media has to play with fashion and the pressures that um, our teens into a bit of a spin and they feel as though they have to be constantly updating their outfits, oh. keeping on trend and being, you know, following the sheep basically, okay. just following their little flocks. And to be able to step up and be themselves, find the pieces that actually work for them and really just identify their style is what I work with. And it can be really, really rewarding just helping them go out and find mix and match pieces. That It's a money saver, basically. Mm. So I can hear you really talking about identity there. So, mm. you know, that's one of the number one jobs of a, of a teenager is to actually work out what their identity is. Um, and I talked about how, what my experience was like with this in one of uh, the earlier episodes. But so often with teenagers, that expression... Um, comes through the clothes. Like I still remember my first pair of white skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the good part of the 80s, I must admit. Um, but, you know, it's that clothes can be that, that beautiful expression. And uh, when you can look in the mirror and go, hey, I actually don't look too bad today, that's the confidence you can sort of take into the world. And what's yeah. really interesting to me is that we we have – quite often um, phases where we are looking at our identity and going, hey, do I really fit in my own skin? Because, you know, you look at the clothes reflecting the inside and, of course, I do it as well, just in a different way. And, you know, when we've got new mums and, you know, there's been so many hormonal storms and changes and body image and, you know, and you get to the end of the day and you go, oh, it's my hair brushed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to take, I've got to go to the shops for some bread. Um, this is looking a bit worrying. Um, yeah. So we've got, you know, different ages and stages. And of we course, do. I'm coming to the other point, which is, you know, getting to be an older woman, even though I feel still 16 on the inside and going, what's, what's suiting now? Um, so yeah. it's, it's something that, you know, it is as we grow through life and we learn um, the self-expression, I think, is really, really important. So True. That's my soapbox. True. <laughs> How are you going with your soapbox? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I can definitely identify with that. Um, we evolve constantly, so therefore so does our style. So from a teenager to being a new mum, 
somebody like you were just mentioning yourself, even myself, I turned 50 last year. No. (laughs) Never confess. (laughs) Well, uh, I actually like to say it because it quite often shocks people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel 50, but I know that it's a number that I've um, had to look at. But dressing for your age is not really such a big deal. I find a lot of women come to me sort of in that 50 to 55 range and they just go, there's nothing out there for me. I really don't know where to look anymore. I feel as though I'm too old to be wearing the clothes that I was wearing 10 years ago. And I always find that quite quite um, interesting, I guess. There is that it's opinion a really, out there, isn't there? There like, really is. You know, I can't wear, you know, what I was wearing 10 years ago or I can't yeah. wear what I loved when I was younger. Or Yeah, you can, but in a different way. And that's what I teach people. It's all about just changing things up to actually work with your now more so than Mm. going off to find a whole new style which you don't identify with and makes you feel old because it's it's definitely not you. So even though you're getting older, you can still be yourself. Absolutely. Bingo. I must admit, I've had a bit of a look at some of the uh, fabulous photos of, you know, as supermodels get older and then they get very artistic and creative and they wrap weird things around their heads and and you just go, wow, you look just absolutely fabulous and it's clear that you're older but you're still looking amazing. So Confidence. Yeah, they're still being themselves. Mm. I wanted to actually ask a question as well. So the theme for me at the moment seems to be uh, a bit universal. I'm hearing it coming from all all angles is self-care. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about how, you know, the idea of personal styling and self-expression actually fits with that idea of self-care. It's actually a big part, a very big part. Um, when you look good, you feel good. And a lot, especially young mums, are quite um, busy. They're they're my biggest clients for the whole self-care side of this. Um, Quite often they're too busy. They put themselves last. They'll do everything for their kids, but they don't actually look after themselves and worry about what they've got in their wardrobes. And quite often it has a real negative effect. So they won't want to go out. They don't socialise as much. And they're quite often down on themselves and they're always looking around at other people and saying, yeah, she's, you know, the other mums at school always look so amazing and I never feel as I fit in or I never feel as I look the part. So I think it's really important for, you don't have to go out and spend money on a whole new wardrobe but just to have some pieces that make you feel good to me that is self-care yeah yeah and Mm. it's that idea that the self-expression is actually linked to belongingness as well which is what you've just described it's like if you're looking after yourself if you're expressing who you are through your clothes and just taking that little bit of time um that's if the children haven't managed to, you know, <laughs> throw up on everything in the house in the last two weeks because everybody's had some sort of horrible virus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but being able to actually take that time for yourself um, and then that you feel more able or more um, confident to actually connect to other people. And, and what we do know is that that lack of belongingness, that's at the heart of so many social problems and it doesn't mm. matter how old you are. 
true. Yeah. That, it's so true. So in all of this, yeah. we're actually forgetting to talk about the blokes. And I must say, oh, yes. this morning, <laughs> getting on the tram, um, this bloke got on the tram and he had on this most amazing grey suit. And this was not your average corporate suit. It actually had fairly large checkers all over it. Oh. <laughs> it was not, it, you know, we weren't doing the pinstripe. We no. weren't doing the corporate, you know, shiny grey suit. We were doing checkers. And it was just glorious to, to see this man <laughs> in his element yeah. get on in this checkered suit. <laughs> That's so awesome. That is so on trend at the moment. The is large, it? The large checks are very, okay. very on trend. So he's definitely a trendsetter. <laughs> So we've got but our I early adopters, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to listen to men. Um, they quite often say that they're not too sure how to put things together or what to wear or what's on trend. And recently I went and did a, I did a little talk to a group and they were in the recruitment business. And at the end of it, it was men and women in the room, but it was all the men who were coming up to me with the questions at the end. And they were so, so keen to learn more. So I think the men absolutely love yeah, the style and just knowing how to make themselves look better as well. It's just as important mm. for sure. You know, I think sometimes it doesn't matter, you know, men, women. And again, that's if we're talking about binary ideas. Um, you know, if you're um, transgender, asexual, you know, how is it that we want to express ourselves? How is it that we want to go into the world? I mean, I'd be perfectly happy if I tied iridescent feathers into my hair every day of the week. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how white Anglo-Australia would cope with me. But you know what? Yeah. Um, we'll do it one day. We'll do yeah. it. <laughs> that, that's your style. That's your expression. Uh, that Absolutely. or fringes and beads everywhere. That'd be good. <laughs> so what are your top tips for shopping for clothes? I, I I must admit, I am not a friend of uh, department stores just lately. Um, so if you want to also include the fact that I leap in and out of op shops because I'm big into the sustainability and I have bought this last week the most amazing pair of stretch green jeans you have ever seen. No yeah, idea if they're on trend, but hey, I look like Kermit this week. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> what are your top tips? Um, <laughs> definitely always, always buying the pieces that work best for you. Don't worry about trends. Trends come and go all the time. So um, always buying what suits you and what works for you. Um, basics in your wardrobe, things like your coats, your jeans, the things that you wear the most of are the pieces that I always ask people to try and um, invest in. Just spend that little bit more sort mm -hmm. of so that you know that they'll last. They're good quality pieces and you're not constantly having to update because that's where your money gets chewed up. Yeah. Um, also, it's better for the planet. Yes. If we've got less clothes in our wardrobe and we're not having to shop all the time, we've just got those really good, strong pieces. And when you're shopping, always try and think of three other things that you can put the piece that you're holding in your hand and you're about to take it to the counter. Have a think about it first and just think of three things in your wardrobe that it will actually work with. Okay. Because the biggest thing that I see in most wardrobes is um, items that have still got their tags on oh. because people buy them on sale, usually the sale oh, pieces. No. They're usually the buyers that are the remorseful buyers. And the pieces go and sit in your wardrobe and just have nothing to go with them. So 
thinking of three things. That's one of my little rules. And buy things that actually only buy only things that actually suit you. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned an interesting phrase, the remorseful buyer. What is that? Because I might have suffered from that at one point. I need to double check myself. <laughs> uh, I think everybody's guilty of it. I've done it too. Um, sometimes you see things and you fall in love with them and it's just like, yes, yes, yes. I absolutely love that. That is so me. You take it home and you try and make it work, but it just doesn't work, usually because it actually doesn't suit you. It's either not your colour or it doesn't fit properly or you have nothing at all in your wardrobe that you can wear it with and therefore that would mean another shopping trip to go out and find more pieces and usually people don't worry about it. So really what you got caught out by was the 30% off tag. That's right. And you went, this is such a bargain. The bargain. And you didn't really discern <laughs> the next layer really well. True. And online shopping is also uh, another buyer's remorse area. Quite often people will shop online They'll get their garment and they'll just go, that was nothing what I thought it was going to be. And then people usually can't be bothered returning. Okay. So Online mm. shopping, that can be a real trap, can't it? it I can. had um, a friend's daughter who was shopping for her formal uh, graduation um, sort of ball. And uh, they thought because, you know, money's uh, something that they have to count carefully. And so ordered something online and when they actually got it, because you, you're shopping from a picture. Yes. And when they got it, the material wasn't up to scratch. There was no um, lining to this dress. Mm. Uh, it didn't hang properly. It, it was just a bit of a disaster. And so that actually entailed, um, you know, some remedial sewing <laughs> to actually <laughs> fix it up. Yeah. Um, but I, I, they, they did it a couple of times and the first dress they just sent back and then but it, it, it was a very difficult, uncomfortable experience. You think that shopping for your graduation dress would be this wonderful experience, but it was actually quite painful. Mm. And as the deadline loomed up, it was even more uh, difficult. Yeah. So you yeah. see that a lot? I do. I really do. Um, you mentioned op shops before. Yeah. There are actually more and more young girls going into op shops and having a look at things that they can have altered. Uh-huh just to save money, which I think is such a smart idea. But there's also so many other areas, uh, so many other boutiques and smaller shops around these days which cater for those sorts of events. And I, I'm i one of those people, I like to touch fabrics, feel them, know yep. if they're good quality, linings, all that sort of thing. So therefore, I'm not a big online shopper. Mm -hmm. Some people are, especially if they're sort of a little living in remote areas don't have quite as much choice, but um, I always get people to read the specifics and the descriptions, and if they're not fully written up, you can always check with the companies anyway. Mm, okay, so your advice would be, um, if you can see the dress before or see in the item before you buy it, that's probably ideal. True. And I must say, one of the best shops, uh, op shops that I actually found was in Berry, which is rural South Australia. Ah. So, go country. <laughs> <laughs> Just as we close, I'd like to ask you a little bit about sustainability um, because this is one thing that our listeners are incredibly interested in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're interested in the deeper wisdom and spirituality and what things mean on a, uh, a bigger 
um, more inclusive level. So where do you what what are you seeing as far as being a personal stylist and looking at fast fashion? What's what's your view on that? And have you got some? We we already talked about sustainability, but do you want to yeah. add to that in any way? Yeah. So fast fashion it does have its place, but I think if you buy it less often and invest in your quality pieces more often, that is a really good way to go. And usually those pieces. If you do have them in your wardrobe, they'll last you years and you can always upstyle them. Okay. So quite often you can have things changed, um, lengths can be changed, you can have things tailored and it doesn't cost anywhere near as much as buying a new garment. So I always, yeah, I like to be able to choose pieces which I know are going to be long-lasting in your wardrobe. Okay. Hmm. That sounds like some great advice. And in and amongst there, of course, some of your advice is look for the small boutiques, look for the tailors, look for some of the local people that you can support in their business as well, which is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have had a bloke question. Ooh. <laughs> and the question is, if you really, really love a colour, if you love orange, if you love blue... Should you just go to Kmart and buy yourself a blue shirt? <laughs> Should you find those orange pants in the op shop and just go for it? Um, how do you know that that colour is right for you? Um, the first step to working out a colour to know if it actually works for you is to hold it up against your face. If your eyes look bright and your skin looks nice and fresh, it's a colour that you can wear. If it makes you immediately look washed out or dull or quite ruddy in your skin tone, it's not your best colour. Uh, generally, blue is a universal colour. It's a colour that everybody, no matter what your skin tone is, you can always wear blue. Orange can be a little bit tricky because it's a warmer colour, but then again, you can also find it in cooler tones. It's There's, um, there's so much to colour. It's a very, very in-depth subject. But generally, if it's a colour that doesn't look, doesn't suit your skin tone perfectly, you can always wear it away from your face. So if you really loved a pair of orange pants, that's quite easy. You can still wear them. But wear your best colour, say the blue top, on the upper part of your body. So your face is reflecting that colour instead of the orange. Okay. So that's just one way around wearing a colour that actually doesn't work too well for you is to wear it somewhere else that's away from your face. So are there any colours that anybody should just stay away from universally? They're bad for everybody. Not really. No. No. Um, I think it depends on how much of the colour you're wearing. Red on men can look very, very strong. And so quite often I'd say I'd wear a red tie or a little red pocket square, maybe some little red sneakers. Just bring it in somewhere else that it's not so... Um, an accent. It's, it's, it's an accent. It's not your whole piece. Okay. Mm. Oh, thank you for those special insights for the blokes. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any exciting things coming up? Any events that you want to talk about? Um, I do have one event coming up in July. It's actually all about personal branding and um, brand identity. So it's doesn't need to mean that you're in business it's more based on presenting you as you are and how you can work with that basically well that sounds like a lot of fun and so what I'm going to do is we'll put some links up to uh, Stephanie's website 
uh, and her work uh, on our show notes. So annemariemcglasson.com. Come have a bit of a look. Click all the links to the podcast. You can always support the show if you'd like at Patreon. This is how it all comes together. Uh, And if you've got some people that you think would be really interesting for us to interview, beautiful people who like to look at expressing people's beautiful inner style or have got a different view on life, then perhaps you could drop me a line and let me know. I love talking to interesting people. So thanks very much for your time today. And thank you all those listeners and all you car casters. You haven't needed to turn off. We didn't do any meditation this time. So you're all good. (laughs) Talk soon.